Yo, have you heard of LinkedIn Learning? If you haven't, LinkedIn Learning is an American massive open online course provider. It provides video courses taught by industry experts in a variety of subjects. Now, why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this because Living Corporate is in partnership with LinkedIn Learning to provide diversity, equity, and inclusion courses. Listen, if you're trying to be a better ally, you want to understand better diversity, equity, inclusion strategies, or you just want to learn how to be a better leader, you got to check out the courses on LinkedIn Learning. So check it out. You can do it one of two ways. You can click the link in the show notes or you go to LinkedIn Learning and you search Living Corporate again. Link in the show notes or go to LinkedIn Learning and search Living Corporate. I'll see you over there. Happy Saturday and welcome again. Sana Akon, how you doing? Good. Good. Yeah, I'm good. good. How are you, baby? Good. How are you? I am doing good and I want to welcome everybody to the group chat and this edition of the group chat we call radical power because what you and I have been talking about is what does power look like how to align you know um to ourselves and we've just been having some amazing conversations but what I would like to do is just you know pick up I, th- I feel like we've had such a really good discussion and a good flow I would like to you know basically pick up where we left off last week um, and first I wanted to check in and I'm sure, um, our audience will want to know how things are going. Did your parents, you know, how, how's everything going? Because, you know, I told you before, I feel love for you. I feel connected to you. I feel like, you know, we have a bond. And so I've been thinking about it all week. So, um, yeah. Uh, so the good news is everything passes. And whether you like it or not, <laughs> which is actually a great thing. Um, but yeah, for those who maybe hadn't listened to the past session, um, and I know a few people have had uh, issues with, I think, just the platform in general today, it seems, yeah. overall. It wasn't just you, Wanda, you know. Um, uh, what I was telling Wanda last week was that my parents had just left for Pakistan and with everything that's the overall environment and the things that are out of our control, we're having, we're taking quite a, you know, they're really coming center stage for me in terms of impact in my own life, right? As opposed to an argument with someone who doesn't want to own their supremacy or the, their degree of racism, because these are degrees, right? It's an array and it's a continuum. Um, you know, it, instead of going into that kind of conversation, which I can disconnect from, this was very much in my life. And my father um, is having some health issues. So um, I think he's like, as soon as he got there, you know, like two days later, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm actually doing much better here now because of the healthcare issues here. And I think this is going to be a great um, entry into after you've talked about the conference, you know into some of the topics that we were going to discuss regarding integration. And so, but that being said, Vonda's asking about how that's going. Um, I think it's going to be up and down like for a while, but my release, my crying and my, um, what needing to let emotions pass and move through, um, I think has happened. And then I had some drama at home uh, because that's also part of our lives, you know? Um, and so then managing that through. So the key is, Yes, things will keep happening, but how are we responding to it 
and and flowing with it rather than resisting and fighting it you know yeah Thank and you. you're welcome you and i'm so i'm so glad and i feel it and i could see it um in your face because yeah. your face is lighter and your countenance is lighter. And so yeah. I, I was Caring a I lot. was so glad that we got to see each other because I couldn't yeah. really tell over text because I no. was distracted this week because I figured out some stuff for myself. But mm-hmm. what you just said, Sana, is a, a perfect segue about the conference because right. it was the Belong by Dawn conference. Mm-hmm. And the theme of it was uh owning it right Mm. so talking about owning yourself and what that looks like so that directly correlates to the same stuff you and i have been talking about and we came away with three things right so i did Mm. the closing um along with uh Brittany janae harris who Mm -hmm. um is the creator of this thing called liberated Mm. love notes which is this beautiful Mm. gift Mm. that she has given to all of us to help counteract that narrative, that colonizer mindset, that right, white supremacist right. mindset that's telling us we're not good enough, right? Yeah. So yeah. she and I, we close it out. But the mm. thing that connects the most with what you just said, right, about mm. that integration, yes. was I said, so I listened to the, so you know how when you go to a conference and it's two sessions at the same time and you like, Damn it. I want to split myself in half. So yes. Can... Oh, that used to happen all the time, especially in tech conferences for me, because there right. were things that I wanted to learn. And then there was things that everybody else expected that I should be good at, you know, and I used to want to split myself up too. And this is so telling though, so symbolic that we want to be in two places at once and not being able to be present with one fully um, because of trying to meet other expectations and then also mapping ourselves. But keep going. Yeah. You are, that's it. You know, perfect. That's exactly it. So to that point, right? I said, okay, pick a lane. You go to these. You can watch the other ones on the replay. Cause I know I can watch the other ones on the replay. So that's the, that helped me center my brain. So, so I watched sessions from seven o'clock to the end of the day. I did the last one. Here's my three takeaways. And this Mm -hmm. is what, um, I would love to get feedback and hear what people think and hear what you think. So, Mm When you think about, so Dawn's, uh, I want to say her tagline or her theme and the way she talks about belonging, right? Mm. She Mm. talks about claiming and creating or creating Mm. and claiming, right? Mm. So Mm -hmm. think about creating and claiming your life, your space, your career, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So that's the Mm. the underbelly of what this is, right? Claiming Mm. and creating space, right? So then it Mm. was about owning it. So mm. you had women, dope-ass black women up here, talking about everything from, first we had a chef, okay? <laughs> chef Mimi in the Bay. Nice. She connecting. Now, this is what you're going to love. And I just got chills because I'm going to tell you about it. You, <laughs> I got to sit up. I got to get comfy. Chef Mimi mm. is mm. talking about yams and sweet potatoes and mm. connecting African and Asian culture Mm. across food across the yam you know sweet potato right and and she's in the bay region and she's Mm. talking about these different things that she curates these different experience she got a black food and wine experience and Mm. all this stuff but the connection 
hmm. connecting us as human beings through food. Yeah. And then yeah. helping us see in the way hmm. she was doing it. It was so much love in there. Like she was bringing all our culture together. Like she was bringing us together yeah. at yeah. our at, at that like that foundational level of who we are as right. people. Right. Come on, girl. Food. Yeah. So well, you know, it's so started the it's conversation. So funny that you say this because, and so perfect because just this week, um, so there's a fireside chat group, and it's for um, the the key focus is for immigrant people, like people who've come through immigrant experiences for a second, third, fourth, I don't care, generation, and um, Shiva Rufe leads it. And so Farzine and Shiva Rufe and Sara Faruqi, so Sara Faruqi and I joined Shiva sessions among a few other people. And this week's topic was food potluck. And it was about specifically food related experiences and the memories. And for me, power was one big element of it uh, because of my personal relationship with food in terms of giving up my power. And then what we talk about claiming. And then once you claim it, then you realize that the word claim can be misleading. So Sarah, for example, was talking about, you know, I was talking about grief and this was Wednesday. And by Wednesday, the full uh, release was going on for me regarding my family, but also was going on at home. And that combined sense of what it means when we say guilt, but then it's not quite guilt because guilt leads to shame around food. It goes through uh, also grief. And then when you release grief, what is available, which is love. And so it's, you know, so there's ways that we connect. We connect through pain. We also connect through fear. We also connect through love. And so, and it's, I really do believe this is important because when I used to go to these spiritual environments, usually white heavy, because of, like I've mentioned, they've, uh, a number of people here and in Europe have been in corporate environments. They've gathered enough funds and money through multiple generations of their past ancestors skimming thieving or not entrepreneuring you know or service or whatever Exploiting. you want to call it yep there's a lot of arbitrage there across <laughs> the world that you know and they they know it they know it as well there's something i talk about that trying to get someone to admit what's in their history is futile or futile because uh they're coming with that knowledge the journey for them is to own it and release it right to release the shame and guilt and make something yep. of it um, so, but when we come back to this, my point was, was that in spiritual groups, often people who have that kind of money show up because they're able to spend between three and $7,000 per retreat. Uh, and so then they'll either, you know, going to plant medicine or yoga or other kinds of retreat forms, um, with either shamans that are of European descent that have trained in local arts, right. Or local indigenous uh, practices and traditions or indigenous folks themselves. But then often when you hear them talk, they'll talk about, oh, we all need to be in love. We just need to be in love. Not wrong, right? That is correct. But again, it's about the place from which this comes from. It goes back to our inside discussion, right? So if you're saying, um, oh, food is awesome, which happens a lot in my grad school, food diplomacy, culture diplomacy, sports diplomacy. How do you connect people through these experiences? Well, you can connect it to the experience and then uh, almost make static that culture, right? Like, so if it's Jamaican food or if it's, you know, codfish or it's yams and you could just literally embody all the culture in that food element and then say, oh, I love it. And I've been living this culture. 
and then also not learn more about the culture outside that whose pain, grief, love, courage, perseverance, all bravery, all went into that food and that creation of love. Right. Um, and so there's an element of where the place from which something is coming from. So I don't disagree with all those people in those groups that I've now gotten to know and many of whom I love. Um, but we have these conversations like, you know, yes, we can bring the presence of full love, but you, you got to bring your honesty too. And that's your journey. And I can't preface my love and my experience on that. Right. Um, and I get to experience my culture as well. Um, and you get to experience your grief without necessarily having to fully do your whole, your allyship journey, which is a corporate term in my opinion. Um, but also that I get to live with my people and experience that without having to apologize or justify or explain my experience and just be in the presence of it. Right. So I think what you're saying is so critical again, though, it's from the place from which it comes from and you'll feel it. You'll feel it because you're among powerful black women. So you felt that experience where you're not having to, you're not being exoticized. You're not being frozen. You're not being beautified in a certain shape that is palatable. You are getting to come with all your power and then be in the love of that. So you're, so you're, so your love flows, not your fire burning to scorch, but your fire burning to warm and heal. Right. It's very, very. And, and you know what? So near the end, right. We got into that. Like, and we talked about it. So, Talk, speaking of healing, there is a woman um, named Liz Springer, and hmm. her uh, she has an app called Innovators Influence. But this Liz Springer is an hmm. innovation strategist. And part hmm. of what she was talking about was what you were saying, right? Hmm. And, and, and the integration of your purpose, your plans hmm. the way you're just being right your intention like your hmm. intention and and that's and so um I think I told you when we first started talking how I have like a bunch of domains that I own and I had all these <laughs> ideas around intentions and innovation yeah. and I have all these yeah. like innovation um domains like innovation this innovation hmm. blah 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 and mm. so, cause you have to be intentional. And so right. to, to even what we first started talking about this topic and when we started having conversation about our backgrounds and we started like getting all these synergies, right. Right. Like, thinking right. about how that plays itself out in your, in your everyday experience, integrating family, yep. stress, yep. work, yep. politics. Toxic patterns and at home. Toxic patterns. Yeah. Uh, how about some internal trauma? Yeah. Family dynamics. Generational trauma. Yeah. Generational trauma. Yeah. Environmental yeah. trauma. What yeah. the heck? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think to your point on integration, um, I think it's very, you know, there are a few themes that I was thinking about coming to this call. Um and I wanted you to let, let, like, allow you to finish your, you know, create that room for you to finish the conference conversation first. Like, if there's anything else you want to share around that before we go into integration. 
Yeah. You want to? So the other things I do, and 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 this makes me this feels the this feel integrative, right? So mm-hmm. so Chef Mimi, she's talking about the connection of food to people, right, and mm-hmm. human beings, and what that's like. And then she's curated these places around uh, black food and wine, and redefining mm-hmm. what soul food means, mm-hmm. and connecting from a standpoint of 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 wellness and community, right. Then mm-hmm. we had Deshauna Spencer, who is the CEO and founder of Quelly, which mm-hmm. means truth, right? Mm-hmm. And Quelly is a black media network. And her whole thing is about- I've heard of Quelly. Yeah, I haven't right, interacted right. with it, but I've heard of yeah, Me yeah. either. But she gave some movie tips on some things that she's watching right now. Wilmington mm-hmm. on Fire, Negroes with Guns, Queen of Angola, Africa mm-hmm. United. Like she gave these amazing titles for these Let's movies- and she's really talking about, you mm. know, having content that shows truth. So mm. it doesn't mean not showing tragedy and trauma, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. that's not the whole black story. It's not. Black joy. Black joy. Can we get you know? some black joy? Yeah. Can I tell you, right. one of the best movies that I loved that had such that juxtaposition of black joy and drama and all that mm. was... um. Oh my God, I can't believe I just lost the movie. It was the movie um, that when it won, the mm. they they announced the oh movie. midnight was moonlight. It midnight moonlight 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 yes oh yes my yes God, how could I forget that but Great I movie. remember thinking some yeah. black boy joy how about seeing a movie with a black boy being happy yeah, yeah. so and so we I, need I that. that I don't know if I mentioned it last time but part of my experience over the weekend. Um, as you know, cause when my dad left, it was like, okay, my mom was going to stay back. And she said, no, beta, I really, beta means son or daughter. I really need to go back because I don't know what's going to happen in the next two months. It, the numbers were not looking good. Okay. Um, especially because he got COVID and then the vaccines and, you know, it's just, it weighs on your body. Um, and then as he went back to Pakistan, I spoke to him on Monday, he was, yeah, like I'm getting my ultrasound done, Sana, a lot of the healthcare stresses that come out of being in the States, which is a lot of talk about healthcare and quality of healthcare, but the talk is so much talk and so performative. Um, and then the doing is less so, so it does the reverse, which is, uh, it creates its own stress. And most of the stress here is coming from having to go to the doctor. So, you know, his blood pressure will rise when he's going to the doctor. His kidney numbers don't come back, right? Kidney health numbers. Uh, they don't come back healthy because he's worried about having to file for the medical claim benefits and and being on the phone and, and going through proving and proving and proving, which, as you know, is a true black-brown dilemma right now. The amount that we prove and that we explain and what stress that creates in our bodies. Um, so the reason why I raise all this with you, because I was thinking about in that process, you know, it's such a sacred thing to have time with your parents, to have time from the gene pool that you come from, and then get to a place with your parents where they can describe their experiences to you uh, with interacting with that gene pool, because you're interacting with it too, because it's your gene pool as well. Um, but there are so many Black kids out there who don't get time with their fathers, who are alive, who are sitting in what I call the playground to prison siphon. You know, who, and I've had friends who've described, had these conversations with them. Um, And, you know, one of them was incarcerated and he describes how he got there. And I was like, I mean, who would have been able to avoid that path? (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, it's right. a Herculean effort when it's set up for you like that as free labor, right? And I think, and then it's not just free and it stays neutral. Then you take that person out of the voting system. You endanger their lineage, right? Because they don't have their father present, right? Or their mother present. And then um, that's, so that's one angle of it. And then the other element of presence or lack of presence comes from these wars that have been fought abroad and that have been marketed to American publics, right? Because a lot of brown and black kids or have gone. And I say kids because they might've been 16, 17, 18 years old when they signed up. They give you money, they give you benefits, they give you glory. You get to prove yourself to the American nation, you know, in parenthesis, the white American nation, that you are a true American, right? Um, And what does that do to you then when you find out and my husband and I often talk about this because he's a white American, but he's also a veteran. He was not deployed, but he knows a lot of VA stuff. And what happens and what veterans are dealing with. So when you are in those kind of processes, I'm so fortunate that my father, if I'm not with him, it's because he's in a different country, but he's free and he's living a privileged life uh, and that he gets his health care within eight hours of landing. Um, and, you know, but I know he's there and he's okay. And if, you know, God allows and he has, if I, because I believe in God, but if, and if you don't, that's okay. If source allows, if life allows, if science allows, he's able to have a smooth transition into a different form of matter, right? Uh, rather than this bodily form, then it'll be through a natural process and it won't be through what black and brown kids have been going through here, uh, which is being separated from their parents and and separate. You know what I'm saying? So it's such a, yes. there's so much gratitude in that process. There's light and dark to see in everything, right? And I mean, I have so many chills. I feel so connected to you and everything you're saying right now. Like, because to your point, right? So some things were broken in my gene pool. Some things were broken in my family line that allowed horrible things to happen to kids in my family, including me. And so when I think about that connection, right, to my ancestry and my DNA and my my family of origin and my people, right, I think that's one of the reasons that whenever there is a Brianna Taylor or an Aubrey or anybody, it, it yeah. is so deep to me, right? Because I yeah. see that. And so today to be in the company, right, of these women, right, yeah. who I can imagine us all yeah. in Wakanda together, like literally, yeah. right? And it's like, like, like I have a, a vision of right. what all of the melanated people look like together. Yeah. Like I have yeah. a vision of, of from the, the, the lightest, you know, almonds brown or whatever, yeah. right? To the deepest yeah. dark. Wheatish, it's called. It's called Pakistan. Pakistan it's called Wheatish, light Wheatish. Right. Okay. So it's such a right? article. Right? <laughs> right? To, to Java, right? To Onyx. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To, to Mocha, onyx, to, right? Yeah, so, Onyx. To, yeah. Right? Like, I imagine that, that rainbow of beauty. So to sit today and be like, huh? And it was 13 CEOs who didn't wait for somebody to give them a title that they never was going to give us. Okay. Right. right. And I got to tell you this one statistic that 
blew my mind. And I read, and you know, we big nerds. And I I take nerd as a compliment. And I feel like a nerd is a person that just cares about one thing. And they, yeah. and, you know, some things. And they dig a lot into it. So I know yeah. I'm a nerd. And I'm a tech yeah. nerd. And I'm a news nerd, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the statistic that came up today. So you know how, uh, <laughs> and Farzine will love this. The propaganda out there. Yeah. Is that black women get 1% of the VC money. Now that's a low number. We know that yeah. 1% is a low number. No, right? I, I know this because the women overall get like three or something percent. Yeah. Three or well percent. now, so, so wait a minute. That's what the, yeah. that's what the numbers were. So you ready yeah. now? The overall numbers have dropped from three to two. And guess what the percent that black women get? It's point two zero. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like the ratio that I would know. Because I have a ratio for, for women in tech and what that looks like. So, so let's talk about it in one second. But yeah. yeah, so so I was like, so so she had asked us to guess. So I said hmm. a half a percent. Yeah. And I thought one yeah. percent at the top. So when she came with less than a quarter of a percent, I said, yeah. damn. Yeah. So Right. It goes back to, you know, understanding what is it that what is it that we're facing and what can Mm -hmm. we really do? So when I got to be in the presence of all these, you know, black women and all of this like brilliance and, uh, you know, all kind of degrees, you know, mental health, Mm -hmm. legal, Mm -hmm. business, MBAs, the the whole gamut. It's a full gamut. Yeah. The whole gamut. And so it was just so amazing. And so it just, it put me on a whole nother thought process, right? Around mm-hmm. that collectivism. And I mm-hmm. wanted to bring that into the integration piece. Yeah. So, you know, with that, the name of the conference is, was called the Belonging Conference, VCon 2021. You can look at the uh, replay mm-hmm. and catch it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a bunch of... um promotions for it for people Mm. who for for people who missed it but to watch the replay in full people will have to get a ticket but I'm going to paste all that information in for people but I wanted to tell you a little bit about it because I know that because of that environment and the things that we've been talking about how you were going to instantly like resonate like what that did for me and like how beautiful that was and the whole thing so you know so so now let's transition right into continuing that conversation because i think Mm. it's super you know i think it's super important you know Mm -hmm. for people to 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 continue to hear about it no i agree and um thank you for sharing it's the first thing because it makes me and my heart so happy to not just see women on you know and black women on linkedin specifically black women, actually, Um, because brown women, we're struggling like with this, you know, we're struggling because I find, and I say we, because I am part of that group. Um, A South Asian women uh, really are having a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde uh, moment in all this in terms of uh, had access to whiteness, uh, know of our blackness and have been constantly conditioned and trained to push it away, which is why it took me so long to own my hair and own my body and own my, um, my skin tone, which, you know, becomes a very, it becomes a mocha color very quickly because that's my natural form, you know? So it's, but I was always like told by my, you know, grandmother and other people around me, oh yeah, you've gotten 
quite dark, you know, like, um, no, it looks nice, but you know, you could use this cream or you could use that cream. And, and it's a big thing in marriage proposals, you know, to not be so dark. Um, and growing up, this was a big problem. I think this is, there's so much awareness about this now, increasingly so. And with Bollywood's influence, uh, mm-hmm. there's been a change in owning that darkness more so. But again, it's because it's trendy, right? And because it's a trend around the world. I mean, I see so many people who are, you know, of European uh, descent who want to tan. And they're like, oh, I love that skin tone. I'm like, do you want everything that comes with the skin tone? I and would the love answer for us to have that conversation. <laughs> they never want the you know? and, and I say with love. And that's my point, right? That we... As we're going through the process of like interacting with you, which you and I talked about, talked about that we don't have any issue in helping train white folks to get here. And at the same time, we can't depend on their understanding or not. They're on their journey. They'll get there when they get there. They'll feel the more they avoid the shame, the more the shame is going to bring them to their knees. Yeah. And that goes with for anybody on earth, right? When you avoid shame, it keeps coming back in front of you. And it'll keep coming back through multiple different scenarios because that's the lesson you are meant to learn by yourself. No one else. It's you teaching yourself. Yeah. You're getting back to a wholeness that you had when you were a child. So, and I agree with with John Lude, what he's saying. They never want the burdens of skin color, only the good things that come with great skin tones. And I think (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I think, and that's, and at the same time, how do you react? So the integration. Now, when I talk about integration, there's a few different angles to this. How do I integrate the fact that I have this knowledge and this awareness from my education, re-education over years, right, Um, about the continuum of of color, racial hierarchy? And how do I integrate that with the environment around me, right? Or what what somebody asked me over text um, on LinkedIn, and I invited her to join the show, was that, you know, she's in her authentic self. Um, she's a black young woman who, and a professional who is going for um, a position somewhere. And I also know the environment around her, right? Because I've been there in that environment specifically. And so she has this knowing. And obviously for me, I want to be a mama bear a little bit in this, right? But that's not one, that's not my job. And it's counterproductive to do that because every woman has her own growth path. Every person has their own growth path. Um, women can birth in many ways. It doesn't have to be through being mothers to your own biological children, other people's children. You can be friends, supports, guides. There's many ways to do this and birth and help them birth what they're meant to birth and create, right? Um, This is very important because then we start uh, projecting our shit onto other people. And so she gets to be on her own path. And she's going to get to find her own integration with what she knows about herself and what's coming through for for her and what the environment is going to expect and want her to keep groveling and proving about herself as best fit. Mm -hmm. Right. Excellent fit. And this, these two are sort of oppositional. So you'll see it on LinkedIn as well. Oftentimes people will talk about these topics of what people want and what white people will do, won't do what the environment corporate will do, won't do. And then we kind of get stuck. We get stuck because it doesn't feel like there's a way forward. So the way forward becomes, okay, I have this knowing about myself, like what we discussed in last two sessions, about my inside, my environment, my circumstances, how when I'm ungaslighting myself, right, and I'm decolonizing myself, 
as I continue peeling the layers and learning all the layers, knowing those layers will never go away, right? Ask Spanish folks in Spain. The Arab bloodline will never go away from them because it's in them now. And when, you know, Isabel and Ferdinand went through the Inquisition, they ironically ended up kicking out a lot of Catalan people and forced them to go to Morocco because they wanted a Muslim to leave. It's always going to be there. So when you are the product of multiple things coming together, it the way to move forward then is to see all of it as it is, see the patterns that arise from being victim, perpetrator, and these paradigms, and then start merging. Why? Because it's already happened and you can't change history. So you start merging and seeing and choosing what you want to create. What are the identity forms you want to claim? And if nothing in that is something you want to claim as it is, you can pick your own stuff to create. I don't have to claim that I am Mohajir, which is Urdu-speaking Indian who migrated to Pakistan. Mm-hmm. I can claim it as in that it was real and it's fact that it happened. And I'm also Indian heritage, Pakistani born, you know, Canadian naturalized and American resident. Yeah. And I'll become an American citizen too with a white bonus son. And a white husband. So, you know, these things are all, we choose what that beauty is going to look like for us, how that river is going to flow. And choosing how we attach to different elements of our identity is also up to us. We're attached, but how we attach, whether it's going to be a clean line or whether we're going to keep bumping up like this constantly and then not creating from a place of power, you know? I, I mean, so I felt like, first of all, I feel like we could take that in four different directions. Number one, because all of it, there's through lines with every piece, right? Yeah. Because it still comes back to what I'm hearing and what I'm feeling is it still comes back to who you or how you decide to identify with power. So do you decide that you have power, right? Yeah. Yep. Um and and, and that your power resides in your choices and that mm. at any point in time mm. you mm. choose what you're going to do. So something that just came out recently from me and I mean like literally, let's see. It's 3.41 Pacific time. Literally within the last 18 hours, something Mm -hmm. that I discovered about myself and that, you know, people are going to hear more about because I have another podcast that is going to come out within the next week or so. But where I've discovered that Mm -hmm. I have been fighting the power (laughs) and fighting against things that were telling me how to be, how to think, what my story is, blah, 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 for a long, long, long time. But that still was being countered with all the other messages from the other types of power, right? Mm -hmm. So from- The dominating power. The dominating power. That's it. I think dominating power. The win-loss power. The Mm -hmm. win-loss. So it's like- we have a certain amount of 
of influence on that power. So right. if we go back to, you know, um, our heroine, <laughs> the whistleblower, right? Um, she's taken a lot of risk. I mean, she's took taken a lot of risk, right? Yeah. And but she's going against she white supremacy. As a white woman, at, so that's I going mean, to happen. Yeah. And and and, and which which says to me she's a rider. <laughs> that says she's a rider. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, but we'll see, right? We'll see yep. what happens. We'll see how it plays out and we get how to it plays out. cheer on, send her good energy and support her and say the right things and and use that you know, sort of force to write other messages with it that align, regardless of where that ends up. We don't know where that's going to yeah. end up, right? We don't, we don't. But like it, but I think all of these things, they speak to, um, the dog is hungry. <laughs> that's why she's all in my face. Um, these other things, they speak. I already to... fed Snowflake. She's out. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she's like 45 minutes early for wanting food. So, but, yeah. um, but uh, t- it all speaks to the integration. And I think it yeah. goes back to it, right? Because yeah. I have decided, and, and it's been brought to my attention, like I said, more so in the last 18 hours, that, you know, I have been executing this power all along. But it was yeah. laying in a way that for some reason I'm thinking it was dormant. But it was just that I haven't, it, right, it was staggered, right? And mm-hmm. the other thing is, when I'm in certain spaces where I'm not allowed to be as authentic or mm-hmm. as genuine or as comfortable or, mm-hmm. or, you know, I can't express an emotion because of God forbid, angry, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, angry black woman. So, yep. Angry black yep. women. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it comes together. It, it comes together for me so much. And, yeah. um, I feel like those are just so many different pieces. Well, so go ahead right back. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, go yeah. ahead. But, you can but go, yeah. Go ahead back to um with uh Jean Luda saying um yeah. You know, so this yeah. Go ahead back to that. This is really interesting, and we've talked also Jean Luda about code switching quite a bit because there's also an integration there, right? And I think one of the skills I'll address that one first because it's more, it's the it's not surface because there's many things that um lead to a person subconsciously and consciously choosing when and how to code switch both external environment and internal patterns and then wanting to be badass in that environment and belong right so there's and every person's going to have a different way how they code switch and that becomes your style of fitting in um and then as you're decolonizing there'll be an art that your own personal art in how and when you uh don't code switch and then how do you maintain your own code and integrate your black girl code or your brown girl code in that or um, black boy or, you know, just black person code, right? What does that look like when you've already learned that code, right? That external code and the white code. And then there's black or brown person trying to fit in with white code. And then there's a personal inner code. And then there's your own environment code, right? Um, and awareness, it comes come back to the same thing. There's going to be an awareness of different codes. And really learning how and when you interact with them, that's a skill. And that alone takes a level of mastery within. And I heard a great definition from one of my colleagues um, in the space. He's currently in Egypt, which uh, he's traveling, which is that mastery is because as a master architect, when I left my last workplace, I often think about what it means to be a master. And mastery is a lot about learning and seeing, just seeing where you could become better and improve 
independent of external stories about being too much or too little or not enough or blah, 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 all the distractions, because that's what they are, the distractions from your own path. Um, sometimes you'll use those distractions because you want your power is, you know, you're staggering your power because it's so much and you're scared of getting shot at. Right. And there's fear there because at some point when you were a child, you executed that power and somebody told you, holy, uh, keep that inside. And it could have been another black woman. It could have been another brown man. It could have been anybody that had said that to you um, before you even had exposure with white folks. But of course, they're already going to put out those passive aggressive messages. Right. That came very early. So as you are decolonizing yourself, it's not. And this is when I come to the next point about avoidance. Right. When we talk about the I'm going to talk about the words first. Right. Inflict and avoid. Right. So avoidance is something that can be seen in multiple different lights in a relationship, a relationship between any two dynamics, any two people in a marital couple. Avoidance comes up when one or both people are not willing to face what's going on at that moment or as a conflict resolution strategy. It is actually a conflict resolution and peace feature strategy, avoidance. When the timing to address that won't necessarily, if you address it right now, won't reap the same results that you want as if you address it at a different point. You may or may not know when that point is going to come, but you just have a knowing that right now you got to focus on something else that wants your attention and that you are ready for, which is why your power was staggered. Because we all know when to bring out our power. There is no shame or guilt in it. There's only grief, love, release, and realizing you always had it. So in the case of avoidance, the it's the idea that other people's identity, um, um, the other people's identification of us, you know, which, you know, is rampant in African colonies, ex-colonies, uh, which I would say in many cases are unfortunately still colonies in the way they're being used for resources mm-hmm. and bodies for pharmaceutical testing, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, and warfare. But if you look at it, if we had foreign, like in, in India, I was a British who came and identified us as, Oh, you're Hindu, you're Muslim. Yeah. You should go to temple. You should go to mosque. Right. Um, and the rest of you who are getting, you know, through the missionaries, through nuns are getting, becoming Christian. Here you go. A different pulpit, Right. The same applies, for example, with the Belgian colonies when it came to Hutu Tutsi and identification in that. When another person is identifying us and saying, you are this, you get to listen to them and touch that strength. As a child, you might not have this, and that's why you get trauma, right? But as you keep growing older, the there comes a point, and I believe it's 30 years old. When it might be, you know, different in age for different people, but generally 30 becomes, I find a marker when you're like, okay, this trauma is really slowing down the car. Now it's the guck that is holding the wheels down and I can't move. So then we start saying, okay, we got to do things differently. So you start going, you know, whether it's talks or retreats or community or finding other ways to connect. And really what you're doing is connecting with a sense of source in that connection process. You will then learn Okay, so this person can project whatever story, because their identification of me is a story. Um, My identification of me is also a story. You will identify the stories and start separating story from fact. And in that process, you will start seeing things. Okay, this person said this, and it just stops there. I don't need it to mean that I am that. 
I don't need to go prove to them that I'm not that. I just get to listen to them, ask myself, am I that or am I not that? Okay, if I'm not that, I'm not that. Okay, thank you for your input. Cool. Thank you for helping me in seeing that I'm not what you're saying I am. And when the time is right, avoidance versus not, confrontation, I can interact with you on why I am or I'm not that. But I get to choose the timing, right? That is the only way, in my opinion, that you are able to manage, not control, but manage and play with and create from the circumstances that you have, right? And that becomes such a key element of integration, separating story from fact and being present with the now, not what someone said to you yesterday, not what someone might say to you tomorrow, but what is happening right now and address story from fact now and then go based on that. So you can't, it will still affect you, but the main thing of life is building the muscle within because it's there to start dancing with this in a different way. And then soon you start getting ahead of it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think around 30 is correct. And and I remember the question that I asked myself, profanity warning, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I keep doing the same what? thing? Why am I not enough. upset about this? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. What is yeah. that? Duh, 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 duh. And I'm asking myself these questions. And I used to, so I'm a big nonfiction reader. And I probably haven't really enjoyed reading fiction as a hobby for years because I feel like it goes back to the not enough. So let me read all these self-help books. Let me read all these books about learning style, how to communicate in business, how to do this, how to do that, blah, blah, blah. Let me keep on researching to see if I can fix myself to make myself fit in. Let me see if I can lean in. That shit doesn't work. That shit doesn't work. You got to integrate. So you got to know who you are, right? So you have to. So one of the good therapists I've had, and I've had two really good therapists over my life. And Wanda, I want to make one more point before we um, close out. Before we keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we Yeah. Yeah. So I've had two really good therapists. And I had one therapist that was mediocre, pretty decent. But to your point around um, that that piece of when you get to separate fact from fiction, here's what here's what that person said, that therapist said. You ask yourself, number one, if somebody says some old nonsense to you, is it true is the first question to your point. But the second question is, is it helpful? Is it yeah. useful? So even is if it's it going true, to work for you, is it going to right. work for you? Integrity, number one, yes. And if it's true, even if it's something true, like, Sonny, your hair is too curly. Yeah. Your hair is too curly. Okay, that's a stupid sentence, but I'm saying it because somebody might believe that. And maybe it's too curly. And I'm very gullible, so I will immediately consider it. It's data, you know? Yeah. So so it's data. And, and, and for them, maybe it's too curly because you looking less white by having your hair out makes you less white. So that makes a white person feel shame. Well, it puts another view there of a possible reality that has as much power. And if you're in a negative relationship with power, then this is what happens, right? Um, And I think there is a personal power, but I also want to clarify that personal power has is getting misused and co-opted in corporate 
of course, supremacy will do that to anything, um, which is that, oh, because you have personal power, you can overcome your, no matter what circumstances you have. Therefore, it is your responsibility to overcome incarceration, rape, police injustice, all of that, right? And not let it affect you. That is not at all what personal power means. And it's the place from which it's coming and what you use it for, right? There's communal power and there's personal power. And almost always, Vonda, I have seen personal power to come from communal power, right? When mm -hmm. white folks three years ago used to talk about, well, white isn't really a thing. I'm European. I'm this and that. Stop it. There's a whole culture. There's a whole culture around whiteness where people will use certain terms in white bars um, and use certain terms that they wouldn't use around people of color. And they feel comfortable using those terms because they understand just language. That is a culture. And they get that power at a personal level and institutional level from that communal power. Right. And so, a perfect example. Sorry. It is. And yep. to your point, perfect example. I just experienced it when I went to Texas. So I told you I went to my really, really good friend's uh, family wedding. Right. Her her father got married. And um, I, um, you know, uh, experienced it. Right. Where I would be in conversations with people and they would start to say something that they would normally say. Literally, the words were on their tongue and they like yeah. had to swallow them back because they were looking right. in my face like and I was like, wow, what are they going to say? Like, are they really right. going to say this in the moment? So, and there's such yeah. a there's such an opportunity available though to your point, and this is where I want to address what Jean Louis was saying about avoidance. So the reason why I'm stating what I'm stating because avoidance, I'm as a personality, as an Aryan woman, I have almost never avoided anything in my life, <laughs> except maybe owning my power. <laughs> and I I truly believe that I manifested a car, not one but two car accidents. Uh, two divorces to avoid owning my power. <laughs> um, because the more power you have, the more you're going to bring shit into your life. But that's just my personal belief. Um, and that's not an excuse for systemic shit, right? That's out there that gets thrown at you. And that's a very clear boundary. The things that you control that you bring in versus things that the environment brings in, right? And your first responsibility is going to be your health. And you go out in concentric circles. Your health, your kids or your parents' health, your nephews, et cetera, et cetera, your community, your state, your country, your world, you know, the universe. Okay. I don't yep. think we actually stop at earth. I think we also go to universe, but not from a European centric over the center of the world perspective. No, as one life form in the universe, right. Of many, many life forms in multiple universes, right. We are contributing to that as well. Uh, this is the quantum side of me speaking with my math and tech background. So that be that being said, I think the avoidance point, right, is very important because it's not that we are choosing to avoid as in not see or avoiding from the place of fear or the place of anger, because of course that's going to happen anyway. These are natural processes and there is nothing, it's, it's absolutely righteous anger. It's righteous pain. It's righteous frustration, right? So, and you get to own that with your community and people that will see that pain and acknowledge and witness it and share theirs as well. Huge power in that. While you do that, and I talked about this in the last session, John Luke, while you do that, um, you also get to see, okay, how am I going to deal with this? Mm -hmm. How do I not lose my own inner source of energy and power and my love tank 
to this uh, process. And so the avoidance I'm talking about there is not actually avoiding the whole thing that's coming up. It's parking that interaction because it doesn't serve you at that moment, right? You're going to fully take it on, right? So when you said, hey, Sonny, your hair's too curly, I got to either say, oh, I, that doesn't bother me, right? That's not what I'm saying. Inside my set, I said, oh, I heard my hair's too curly and I felt a little flitch. Why? I felt a flitch in my body because, and a flicker. Why? Because, yes, I'm sensitive about that. Hmm, I get to observe myself being sensitive about this. How interesting. And what's and that's the noticing. So mm -hmm. Yeah, what is too curly? It's not too curly. It's just fucking curly. Exactly. It's gorgeous. Exactly. It's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? But that People conversation is the integration. That's not avoidance. That's confronting, but in a productive way is the point, right? That's it. That's it. I mean, and that, and we're going to end it on that note because it is four o'clock. Um, and, um, this, the way I feel about it is, so one, um, I, people can send questions or topics they want to talk about, send them to hello at radicalchangellc.com. Um, and we will definitely tackle these subjects and topics. I feel like, you know, um, as far as I'm concerned, I can't even imagine us running out of topics when it comes to talking about power period right because it is literally part of everything so whether we're talking about yeah. integration from our personal lives family connections yeah. parents relationships trauma or are we talking about career and i mean literally and how Vonda, to, to your point power stays even after someone dies because you're in relationship with it that's how Hello. important it is you know what i'm saying so it's like Learning this is very important, but I'll stop now because I know it's seven. Yeah, no, but yes, <laughs> absolutely. So we're going to keep on talking. So all I'm saying is the series isn't over as far as I'm concerned. Um, as long as you can fit it on your calendar, yeah. Sana yeah. A. Khan, I agree. you and I are yeah. going to continue to talk about radical yeah. power. We're going to continue to have this group chat, um, you know, invite your friends, invite your family, check it out on the replay. Of course, there's going to be clips posted. There's going to be links. I definitely, t you know, recommend people go back and look at old shows. We're going to start putting some blog articles out and some other things related to it. So stay tuned. Thanks, everybody, for connecting. Um, and we will see you next time. I love you, my sister. Bye. Love you, too. Thank you so much. <laughs>